0: Welcome to another episode of the ScrumCast. I'm Clayton Lengelzigich. I'm Roy Vanderwater.
1: I'm Derek Neighbors. I'm Drew Lesweir.
0: And today we're going to be talking about a uh, different estimation technique that we tried today. Um, it's called the White Elephant Estimation, something that Derek brought to the team. Uh, Derek, can you kind of explain what it is? Sure. Anybody who's done a White Elephant Gift
1: Exchange, um, the way it works is a everybody draws numbers and it's when it's your turn, you can do one of two things. You can either pick a gift, open it up be really happy or really sad about it, and when it's the next person's turn, they can choose to either steal your gift or draw another gift out of the bucket, open it up, and be really happy or sad about it. The way that the estimates work from a white elephant estimate is that each of the developers kind of draw straws to see who goes first. The first one picks it out, and they size the story. So whether you're using... T shirt sizes, which I personally don't recommend, or whether you're using story points or some other mechanism, you put an estimated size on the story. The next developer gets to go. They can either take that estimated story and change the estimate on it, or they can pick another story out of the queue to put an estimate on. Um, And that continues through until all of the stories have been gone through. You know, you've gone through and estimated all of the
2: stories. And you got this from a uh, blog
1: post, right? Um, I can't remember who originated it. I'll do some research and I'll pull it up out of the... Um, originally, it was uh, Bob Marshall is uh, who I had seen t- talking about it, but I don't think he was necessarily the originator of it. So I'll do some research and post it in the show notes.
0: And so typically we do um, planning poker uh, when we do our estimations. And so we, we gather some stats. And I wanted to go over those stats and then kind of talk about how we thought that was different from what we usually do. So... We had about 80 stories. Uh, It took us about five minutes to discuss the the process and set up, and that included discussing kind of the basics of the application that we were estimating. It took us 25 minutes to do the actual estimation, and then we did 10 minutes to get our velocity. Uh, So it's 40 minutes total, about 30 seconds per card. So how did you guys feel that this compared to uh, our normal planning poker? So I know that... um
2: that Derek has like a, a formula for trying to kind of figure out how long estimates are normally going to take when we're doing planning poker. I don't think historically we've really tracked how long planning poker takes us. I can say it felt faster for me personally, but I don't, I don't know if I can say for a fact that it actually was faster. But just the fact that because you're up and around and moving, because we, we were actually standing up next to the table and moving around and, and, and physically standing in line. And I think that part of it kept me more engaged because I wasn't just leaning back in my chair and nodding off.
1: Yeah, so you know, I, I usually say that anything more than a minute per story probably takes too long to estimate and I think in playing poker we definitely hold true to that, that we're not going over a minute per story, but I'm not sure if we're at thirty second a story either. Um the thing that was interesting to me on this was the I don't wanna say the lack of questions, but how quick things kinda of went through and I like the fact that everybody had to be an active participant in The estimating, you know, no one person could dominate that the estimating session, and nobody could set the tone for what an estimate really was. And nobody could copycat either, nobody could wait until the
2: last moment. Nobody
1: could could set the tone by, like, "Mm, what's Clayton gonna do? Oh, yeah, no, I really wanted a five. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I liked it a lot better too. It seemed a lot quicker. I also liked that if there was a disagreement that was resolved pretty fast, you know, if I put a three and Clayton thought it was a two. Then if he's next after me, he could immediately change it to a two, and I can say, okay, I can see that. As opposed to making the story go into the back of the queue, and then we have to wait till we get read, uh, done with all those stories before we even think about that one again. I think the stories get to their spot a lot quicker.
2: So, one thing that I noticed, though, is that we've historically, in um, planning poker, we've had stories where we've been almost at fisticuffs arguing about whether or not something is a two, or a three, or a four, or, or, or a five. Right? I mean... <laughs> It should never be a four, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, but I, I noticed that in this case, like, the most we ever had was, like, I'd lay down a three and somebody like Drew or Clayton would move it out to a five, but I never saw a story move a second time. I don't, did you guys notice any stories moving a second time? And I wonder I, I, I wonder think there might is. have been
1: one that moved a second time, yeah. um, but I definitely think they're... What, what you eliminate are some of these, like, gross inadequacies of... I think when you do the planning poker and you say, okay, go, and somebody's an eight, and somebody's a two, and then you kind of talk about it a little bit and you say, go again, and somebody moves to a three and a five, then you've got to go yet again. And I think that kind of draws out, like, finding middle ground. Where when I think people are a lot easier to see something move from a two to a three, or a three to a five, or an eight to a five, to go, like, eh, no, I can live with that. Like, you know.
2: I think also, with the exception of one story, which I think moved from a five to a 13, we didn't see anything move more than one category over. Uh,
0: So I was going to ask, there were a couple times, um, I think it maybe happened to to you, Roy, where you would put a story down, say you put it at a three or whatever, or five, and it got moved to a different area. Um, When it was your turn to go again, you had the option to move that back, Uh, but I I don't think you ever did do that. Um, And so, you know, what was it? I guess two questions. You know, what did it kind of feel like to kind of have your estimation called into question and moved around? And then uh, what do you think um, caused you to to just ignore it or let it go um, versus maybe a planning poker, you'd be a little more argumentative about it. So I don't know about versus planning poker. I do think that as far as the moving where we at least have a, a,
2: between the, the six of us, we have like a really good trust. So if I see Drew or yourself move something, like it's not like a personal affront. I could definitely see that if it was my first time, my first day in this team, like I could be heard about it or worried that my questioning is not up to par or, or uh, somehow be offended by it I don't think that that was the case necessarily here um, as far as why I didn't move it back, like a lot of times what I saw and I don't know if that's because it kind of felt like the stories were grouped, like we'd have one thing that's a graph a piece of data, and then we'd have a second story right after it says graph, graph a second piece of data, right? So I'd put down the first story as, let's say, a three and you went in and moved it to a five and then Drew estimated the second graphing a second piece of data as a five as well. Now from my perspective, it was like, alright, well Graphing a, graphing a piece of data, that's a five on our skill now, right? So if I grab another story with graphing a piece of data relative to the complexity of everything else on there, like that's kind of like my new base point for that for that story.
1: So that's one of the things I really liked about this exercise that I didn't really think about going in is I, I think a lot of teams do not do triangulation of stories when they do planning poker. So they go through planning poker and then they never go back and look to, to see. And what you're talking about is basically real time triangulation. Whereas, you know, you go, okay, I think that the charting story is a three, and then Clayton says, eh, I'm gonna move it to a five, and everybody, you know, agreed and didn't want to move it back to the three. So the next time a charting story comes up, you know, it's visible, you know about it, you put it at a five, and now that's kind of setting the the mark for that. It's kind of that instant triangulation, which was an, another step that we didn't have to go back and do.
2: And and I think another part of it too is that you moved it to a five and then drew got to go before I got to go again. And drew didn't move it back to a three. So from my perspective, he agrees with you at least enough that he doesn't want to move it back to a three. So it's like, it feels maybe wrongly so that it's two against one at that point.
0: One, so one thing I've noticed that a lot of teams have tried to find ways to overcome is when they do planning poker, especially if they don't see all of the stories up front at first, as they go and they learn more about the stories, they start questioning the estimates they've previously given. Um, and I noticed that even though we had the ability to go back and at any time move any of the stories that we'd already estimated around, I don't think we ever did that. Um, we maybe moved something from the previous turn, but we didn't say, well, here's something that we estimated two minutes ago. Let's go move it. Do you think there was something different about the way that we kind of knew the system and we, we knew what stories were coming? Uh, the fact that we had that flexibility? You know, we never used it, but it seems like something that in planning poker, if you told someone, they could go back and change the story after they saw a few more, they probably would do that. And we had that ability, but we never did.
2: Not that you mention it. I mean, it makes sense that I had the option to move a story that I previously estimated. But during planning, uh, I don't think it occurred to me. I don't know if I would have if I had known that that was an option or I thought about that as an option. So I don't, I don't know if I can honestly answer that. I guess we'll have to see after the, the next time we try the the planning game
0: again. Uh, So, Derek, this is something that you had mentioned at the beginning. I think one of the things in the blog post talked about when you give your estimation, you kind of give a short verbal reason of why. And we decided to kind of skip that step just because of the the kind of level where we are uh, with this team. But uh, if you were going to implement this or suggest this with another team, uh, do you think that would be an important step?
1: Um, I I think that it's a danger, and I think maybe we can talk a little bit about what are some of the dangers of doing this with maybe a newer team or a team that's distrustful. Um, my, My fear in doing it with a team would be that somebody has diarrhea of the mouth, you know, that they, you know, for whatever insecurity reasons or ego reasons, you know, basically spends five minutes trying to explain, justify why they made a story a certain thing. And I think that um, in in this, I think it's getting consensus fairly quick. I think the idea is that they're estimates. They're not realisms. You shouldn't be, you know, doing fixed bid or something off of this. It should be a way to get to a good consensus very quick to make good decisions.
2: I, I think you made it very clear when we began, too, that if you were going to justify why you moved something and you didn't have to justify it unless it was called in the question, you should keep it to about a sentence. I think that would have prevented it two, but I don't think that, uh, except with, like, two or three exceptions, we didn't really have to justify any movement. Like, it was pretty much obvious. I think usually when something was being moved from a two to a three, the person who initially made it a two was kind of on the fence about it anyway.
3: Yeah, I was surprised about that, too, was how little conversation it took from us. Like, when when something was changed, uh, there was no conversation other than a, a few instances where there was, like you said, a very brief conversation. And I think that's great. Like you said, Derek, we came to a consensus pretty quick the whole way through. Um, which is, I think we came to it a lot faster than we would with the normal planning poker.
0: So, Drew, I noticed a few times, uh, I think a few people did this, but I noticed you do it uh, once or twice, where you you picked up a story and you read the story and you kind of hesitated a second. and You almost put it in one column and then you put it in another column. What was kind of going through your mind or why did you have that hesitation?
3: Uh, Let's see. I I think part of it is the consensus, like... um, you know, I'll think about well, is this? What, what does the rest of the team think? And I think I don't think about that maybe as much when I do um, planning poker. And so, I think that weighed into it. Why, why do you care what the rest of the team thinks? Because I know that if if I'm on the fence about it, and, I, and let's say I'm I'm generally a little higher than mo- most people, and I'm and I'm on the fence anyway, then I might I might go to what. You know I, I might say okay I'm usually high so, and I'm on the fence anyway, so I'll just put this uh, a two instead of a three and that that's what went through
1: my head uh, yeah, I just want to say that he admitted that he was high on a fence right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I was curious about that because I, I was wondering if you were doing some kind of real-time triangulation stuff and so you were kind of you know your gut told you I think this is a three but then you looked at some of the stories in that pile and you kind of thought about it twice Oh yeah,
3: definitely I mean I, I'll definitely I'll say well, well, shoot! I might have gone a three, or I might have—I might have gone a five here, but everybody else has put a similar story as a three. Okay, I, that makes sense. I'll put this one as a three.
2: I—I I do think though, and that'd be my primary concern, especially with a new team that doesn't really trust each other. Like, I'd be—I'd be worried about people uh, estimating a story and worrying too much about what other people think. Like, I think a lot of times, like a—a uh, a gut feel, definitely based on the other stories, but a gut feel of where it should go, um, is more valuable than putting it where you think the team wants it. Like, I—I I think we're. We have multiple individuals, and we're doing this in like an individual ways that you can, you can bring your own inspiration or your own experiences into estimates. And if yours happen to be different from the team, then that should come out, and that should be a confrontation. Even if it's not an aggressive confrontation, that should just at least be a conversation. Like, hey, why did that happen? Oh, okay, it's it's totally hard because I didn't think about this other thing that, I, and that may be something that only, only uh, you know when you're when you're the one estimating. And I'm and I'm concerned that if if you're the only one, you're you're worried that you're going to piss a bunch of people off by estimating something an eight when you think everybody else is going to give it a three.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think that there's the the awesome part about real-time triangulation is that somebody who might be not confident or wanting to please the team might start to auto-triangulate stories instead of um, using their own gut feel or intuition about things and that could potentially hurt the team. And I think to me the kind of corollary to that is if you get a team that is combative or you know, pig headed or ego driven, do you just churn through stories and never pull new stories off the block? So, you know, I'm gonna take your thirteen and gonna make it an eight, and then Clayton's gonna make it a five and then Drew's gonna make it back to a five and then I'm gonna make it back to an eight. And then do you start to have to make in all sorts of rules like they have in you know you can only steal twice you know or you know do you have to start putting in a bunch of <laughs> artificial rules so to ends prevent ends to I prevent like the that. churn you know I mean that's certainly a concern I would have
0: yeah, yeah I mean I think definitely after we um, after we did our the estimation estimation session uh, we were pretty you know kind of jazzed about this thing and we thought it was neat and everything um, what are some Maybe downsides, or you know, compared to planning poker, what we normally do. What are some? Do we notice anything that was a downside, or maybe it didn't work quite as well? So I think especially
2: because we've done planning poker sometimes with up to six people, right? And I think that if you were in a line with six people and I just went, I probably wouldn't pay attention to the first three. I would only pay attention to the person going just before me, and maybe the person before that. I think with three people, we were pretty focused because we were only estimating um, one big project, and it was the first time doing this new process. But I can imagine the same thing happening where if this was a regular occurrence and we were doing it like this every time, I would pay attention to my card and then nod off and just kind of you know, take a mental nap for, for your turns and then pay attention again when it's my turn.
1: Yeah, that was definitely almost one of my fears going into this, not knowing, you know, are they really paying attention to the other ones? And I think on if you were doing this with six to ten people um, and, you know, certain developers, I definitely think that they would not pay attention and then they get to the end and go, like, how's that, a 13? It's like, well, you had every chance to move that. Like, were you asleep at the wheel? So I definitely think that's a concern. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So to, uh, to wrap up, um, I'd like everyone to give one word to describe kind of uh, our feelings on the, the session and the new experiment.
2: Crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my word.
0: Go ahead. I just say for,
1: for me, the thing that I liked is we tried something new. And I think sometimes one uh, of the... That's not one word either. One, uh, was it one word? <laughs> yeah. So, so change.
0: Change. Okay, that's good.
2: Uh, my word is uh, consensus. I'm going to kind of concatenate some words into mix it up.
0: Does that <laughs> count as one word or do I got to find a different one? You ones? just have to say it and mix it up. Mix it up. Okay. There we go. All right. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, join us again next time.